Welcome to Tony Talks. I have Forbes Riley with me, and we met in 2015 in Boca Raton at Date with Destiny. How are you, Forbes? Hey, I am wonderful. I'm having a hard time believing that it's actually four years ago. It feels a lot like yesterday. <laughs> I'll never forget the moment that uh, we were together where we're dancing, it was all in the music, and you had brought a massage, a spinning massage, like uh, it was a sander, but you turned it into a massage machine is what you did. And I have a picture with my, my buddy who I still actually connect with, Peter Kim. Uh, and we have that photo, <laughs> we laugh about it all the time because you brought in that spinning spin sander. Can I, I still think the word spin and your audience will find out how spin is important to me with my spin gym. But I have to tell you, that is one of the greatest massages because in Tony's, you know, you're always turning into something, giving you a massage, my hands get tired. So it's yeah. pretty much a car. Hey, so let's, um, let, can I share a little bit about how I got there? How I got to Absolutely. date with Destiny? Absolutely. Please, let's do that. Who may or may not know who I am. Uh, you, if you're an insomniac, you don't totally know who I am. I have hosted 180 national and international infomercials that have grossed a little over $2.5 billion during my career. Uh, I've stood next to everybody from Jack LaLanne to Montel Williams, Body by Jake, George Foreman, Mario Lopez. You've seen me in a lot of those places. And uh, I started out life wanting to be an actress and a TV host. Mm. And the crazy thing about Tony and I is we have a lot in common. Uh, we're actually the same age. We've gone through a lot of similar things. And for my acting career, and, and I also hosted uh, a national talk show. I helped create the X Games for ESPN. Uh, wow. I've been on home shopping for 28 years on QVC and HSN in five different countries. I have a very, very broad, expansive career on television. I even started my very first movie that I did back in the 80s called Splatter University where the school colors are blood red, one of those wonderful horror films. <laughs> uh, but, I was, but you've seen me on everything from 24 to As the World Turns and lots of other nighttime TV shows. I just wanted to be an actress. I was a, I was a cute little girl until the age of eight when I got hit in the face with a baseball bat. And I had a very ugly, awkward nose growing up. I sucked my thumb and I ended up having braces on my teeth, full set of silver railroad tracks for eight years of my life. How dare you put a little eight-year-old girl in braces up until the time she's 16. And at some point I had a tongue structure in my mouth. I talked like this. And ended up getting sent to speech therapy. Uh, I was a little overweight, kind of chunky. They called it Zoftic back then. All I know is I got teased terribly because I wanted to be a dancer, but I had these big old thighs. And I had frizzy hair. It was Long Island. And so that made for a very awkward, weird, little, lonely childhood. I was very smart, but didn't have a lot of friends. And I dreamed a lot. I spent a lot of time watching TV and movies. And you want to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with me, I will tell you everything about the Brady Bunch, F Troop, Partridge Family, I Dream of Jeannie, Love Boat, Fantasy. I knew all of them because those were my friends. And the irony is, you know, I'm just I'm a year away from 60. So I've learned a lot in my time. But that wasn't a terrible out. You know, it was rather safe. I didn't get into drugs and crazy stuff. But when I was 15, my dad slipped in an industrial accident and cut off the whole front of his hand. Uh, and that would put him in the hospital for three years and have 15 operations. And there's only, you know, the two kids, my mom and my dad. And it was a very, very crazy, challenging time. On the other side of that, though, my dad was a magician and an inventor and a dreamer and a crazy out-of-the-box thinker. And even though we had no money, we had a crazy fantasy life. I don't know how we got through it, but it was not like anyone else's, which, by the way, didn't make me any more popular. Um, and then when, my, when I graduated high school a year early we had no money for college and my mom says well there's a pageant and I said what do you mean I'm she, no no don't worry it's not a beauty pageant really thank you mom okay. it was a written personality and a talent but it also happened to be on NBC with Bob Hope on eight o'clock at night like it was a primetime tv special called the Miss Teenage America pageant and I ended up winning I ended up getting all the way through Miss Teenage New York I didn't win the nationals but I got as far as I did not because I thought I belonged there but because I believe that my dad, I was going to do this for him. Mm. And so that first lesson that I learned very early on is one dream and dream so big that nobody believes it. And people tell, you no, because I was always telling, I, I literally had a crazy dream life. And then I have a really strong why. And I wanted it for my dad so badly that I overcame a lot of my own personal shyness. We had no money. So I borrowed a, a bridesmaid's dress, but there's a photo of me in the Roosevelt you know, shopping mall 
with all the other girls that wanted to win. And you can see the determination on my face. My braces had just come off. I had this beautiful smile. Mm. Uh, my dad's doctor offered to get my nose fixed for free. You know, it's funny how things come together when you believe that you need to move forward. And, I, and because of the way my whole life has gone, I have a new thing called hashtag watch me. You keep telling me that I can't do something. That is exactly what I'm going to do. <laughs> I know, right? And so this resonates a little bit with Tony, you know, being in a one-bedroom house and being awkwardly indifferent and being on a search to find meaning in all of this and to make it matter. Yes. And it's been a crazy roller coaster ride. Uh, and I'm still on it. I mean, I still have the most amazing career. And it's funny, though, I think what, what happened a couple of years ago, probably about seven or eight years ago, my whole acting and hosting career took this personal development journey. Mm. I had been... I had been from the earliest time, and I didn't realize this, I do kind of a, a training with people. And I've been doing it since my early 20s, but I never charged anybody, and I didn't think it was real, except that people would cry in front of me all the time. And so I got a massage therapy license, and uh, my ex-husband would always say, how come people are always crying in like our, you know, our living room? Like, well, because I would do a half hour or 45-minute massage, then a 45-minute psychological whatever it is I did, and it always ended up with people breaking down, because you have to break down to break through. True. And I started this little Forbes factor about 14 years ago, even in my living room. I now do a much more formal training, but I have an insight and an intuition into people. And I do a sim similar thing to what Tony does while literally getting someone to stand up and transform them in about 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. So for a while back there, people kept saying, oh, you're like the female Tony Robbins, mm -hmm. which I think is quite a compliment. I'd read both of Tony's books. I'd never seen anything he'd done in person, but I was aware of his infomercial career and his physical presence. And I was certainly a fan of his. But I never wanted to go to his trainings because I didn't want people to think I copied somebody else. Isn't that funny? Mm -hmm. I probably got it earlier. Um, and here's, here's how the world works. Here's how the magic in the world that my dad showed me exists everywhere. I'm in Mississippi about eight years ago, and I'm doing an infomercial, which I do very well. Mm -hmm. And there's an audience, a studio audience. Now, little sidetrack here. I spent my 20s doing stand-up comedy, designing games and working around the world for Club Med, and created a company called Stripogram where I took my clothes off in public and got paid a lot of money for it. No nudity, no sex. That's a crazy 20s, right? That's okay. Crazy. So I have this, but I have this really outrageous way of being with groups of people. So I'm doing this kind of warm-up in between hosting this infomercial. And at the end of the day, Anthony Morrison comes up to me. He's the producer of the show. And he says, hey, I got to share something with you. There's a kid in the green room who has been watching you on the TV screens. And it says, watching you is a lot like watching his dad. It was Jarek Robbins. And I thought, isn't that so magical that he would even think to say that out loud because that's kind of the path that I've been on. And no sooner did that happen than somebody invited me to UPW and uh, or watched Tony live on stage for the first time and walked on coals. And, and then I also realized that Tony has his whole health and fitness bent that I don't think I realized. I knew that he loved rebounders. Well, mm -hmm. I've actually sold $22 million worth of urban rebounders on television. Go oh, wow. I know. I sell the rebounder on home shopping. That's what I do. So, again, I have this kindred, this kinship with him. Yes. Then when I found out about his health and wealth program, well, I think he studied a lot of what I did at a place many, many moons ago called the Optimum Health Institute. You would go there and they would do wheatgrass colonics and you had to eat, you know, really, really healthy food and and again, Tony got a lot of that, I think. It, and, and you don't see many men of motivational speakers who also care about their health and nutrition. Mm. And so I definitely felt this amazing kindred spirit to him. And then I went to UPW. I mean, sorry, I went to Date with Destiny, which I, if you've not been, and I think it's great to see the movie, you know, I Am Not Your Guru. Mm -hmm. Although, I, can I tell you something? Mm -hmm. I love to do a spoof on that movie called I Am Not Your Guru Either, what it means to be a female speaker. Because the problem, the difference between someone like him and someone like me is that mic pack. You know that little mic that you have? Yeah. Well, when I wear a tight dress, sometimes that mic pack has to fit between my legs and somebody has to put it there. <laughs> I, have to spend, I have to spend 20 minutes putting on my eyelashes, doing my makeup, fixing my hair, and then wearing high heel shoes. Tony walks out there in a pair of shorts and a t-shirt and True. he's good to go, right? Yeah, sneakers. Yeah, you got it. What does it mean to be a female speaker? Because it's challenging. At the end of the day, I can't walk off my high heels and I can't walk out there in a pair of shorts and a t-shirt. People laugh at me. Mm -hmm. So, um, But I will tell you what I found in the room and I don't think there's any other speaker or teacher or coach like him 
and that there was, he is very present when he's in the room. It is about the audience's transformation. I love that he broke out into groups. It reminded me a lot of my, my club med type trainings. And the other thing that he and I share that I love and I teach to this day is the use of music. Uh, in my trainings, you walk in and there is a loud music or a transformational music, but music just speaks to your soul. And so many times I'll go to these, these trainings or seminars and they're boring and they're dry. And at the, you know, on a break, they'll play some elevator music. And you're like, yeah, you guys are missing out on this. You want to get up on your chair, start dancing and change your state and really kind of enjoy this. So I think I probably answered 18 of your questions and you, <laughs> now I'm going to let you. <laughs> you definitely did. And uh, thank you for that intro. I mean, uh, we haven't really gotten an opportunity to chat that much since Date with Destiny. But once again, I still can't get that image out of my head with the spinner. It's just a really funny moment for me. And one I will never forget about Date with Destiny whatsoever. Um, so my question to you would be, how did you first get connected to Tony? What was what was the what was the first time you heard of him or heard of his name or where where did that that connection start from? Well, you have to remember we kind of grew up together, so yeah. we were at the same age. Um, Tony launched an infomercial with Guthy Ranker, a company that I work with a lot. So I had always, I mean, from the time that he launched, you know, you know, Personal Power, Awaken the Giant, um, I was very much aware of him. And I actually found a book back in 1987 that I had actually referenced reading something of Tony's at that point. Um, and he really harnessed, you know, his purpose when he was very, very young. And I think that gave him a huge advantage. And also being, uh, being able to be on television and have that kind of success. But uh, so I've always been aware of him. He's, I grew up with him. Got it. Okay. Okay. And of course, being in the same, at the, from the same age and being in the same, in a lot of the same industries that, that gave you this similar connection to him as well. Well, you know, it's interesting, too, because as I evolve as a female in this world and I get to speak on some very major stages, I speak in front of 10, 20,000 people all the time. There are very few women on that stage. And so it, it was an interesting choice of words in the early part of my career to have people say, you're like a female Tony Robbins. Well, I'm not sure who that insults more, him or I. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, because people say, well, you're nothing like him. I said, well, no, that's not the point. He is a motivational energy on the stage. And most people that you'll ever hear don't have that kind of presence. Well, I think from being an actress and a TV host and a comedian, and in I have an amazing presence on stage and I have an amazing need to connect to my audience. I really don't enjoy going to a training where they're just teaching you. I went to 16 years of school and I didn't enjoy it. Uh, the classes that I enjoyed were the interactive ones, was the acting workshop, was the you know participatory things. And most people don't do that nowadays. Right. And so he, uh, and what's interesting is there's still not a lot of people, even though he does what he does the way he does it. Um, I also thought, you know, six days is a big commitment. And you look at UPW, uh, you look at Date with Destiny, and you can feel it is something that evolved from his heart. And when he talks, again, I have a, an amazing kindred for him. I have no real relationship to him, which is unfortunate. Uh, I have a relationship to uh, his uh, Rocky Jacobson, his stage manager, and to a couple of girls who teach on his stages. But he and I have never spent any time together. And I am sad about that because I am such a raging fan of his. Mm. And, and I'm not quite sure how to change that. I'm sure at some point I, I need to connect. Um, but he has a way of, maybe it's because he's so tall. He is bigger than any other human in a room that he's in, right? Typically. Well, that gives you, yeah, that gives you with this almost godlike presence. And then he has got this voice that resonates through your soul. I don't care where in the room you're sitting, when he talks, there's nothing else you want to be doing but listening. And, and, and I love that. I also love, I also remember I followed his whole marriages and his kids. I loved watching him. I'd never seen him live before 2015. Mm. The way he adores his wife uh, just speaks to my heart so much. And I understand going through a couple of failed marriages. You know, I, a lot of the principles I live my life by are what he embodies. So life happens for you, not to you. You take the tragedies and the things that happen to you and you make lessons out of them. Mm -hmm. uh, that you're the sum of the obstacles you overcome. I raised a little kid for eight, 12 years in Los Angeles who was murdered. I'll tell you, trying to get over some of these things is, it has its moments. I uh, lost both my parents within a year. Uh, was eyewitness to the Las Vegas shooting in October 1st of two years ago. Uh, you go through a lot, and if you're still willing to be here and you can teach this stuff. And so when I was in the room with him, you, 
there's no place else I'd rather be. And I will tell you, one of the things that I learned the most in the six days was about relationships between the male and female energy. And it's ironic because, again, if you're calling me the female Tony Robbins, well, what does that mean? Well, I understand now, based on that training, that I may have messed up my marriage when mm -hmm. I, I was married for 20 years because I was the breadwinner. When, uh, when Dexter was murdered, my, my ex-husband you know, spent a lot of time sitting on the couch, and it was a very hard time, more for him than for me. And I just, we had two beautiful brand-new babies. They were twins, mm -hmm. and, or still are twins, and I just focused on work. And I traveled and I would come home saying, hey, you know what, honey, I slayed the dragon. I did this. I did that. And he would go, well, that's great. The babies have a bath. I've got dinner on the table. And then I would say, hey, let's go in the bedroom and come on. Hey, take me. And he'd go, I can't. I've got laundry to do. And so I lost a little bit of respect. Now, I didn't know any of this at the time. Yes. Uh, but sitting in class really helped illuminate that. And then I would come home and he would be aggressive in male because he's six foot six. And I would be aggressive in my male energy and we'd fight. You know what I never did? And I take full responsibility of this. I never came home in my feminine energy. I never came home and said, oh, baby, you work so hard with the kids. Why don't you take a rest and I'll do the diapers or I'll do this. I just didn't even know to do that. Mm -hmm. And in my relationship now, I understand that I get to be the girl. I get to be maybe even more powerful in my feminine energy, which is why I do like wearing high heels and a skirt. Uh, I don't want to cut my, my hair is short, but I don't want to be the butch guy in a suit on stage yelling and screaming. I can do that. I don't want to do that. I'm a girl. And I, I really felt that for the first time, I think it was the fourth day of class, right. a massive life. And I'm going to tell you something else. And this is for anybody else who wants personal development. I went to that particular training. I paid a lot of money to be there. I went there as an observer. I said to myself, Hey, you know what? I'm, in this personal development space, I want to see what this guy does that everybody thinks walks on water and is so wonderful. And the first day, and I met a guy, and it's funny how you'll attract like energy. I met a, a doctor out in the hallway before we walked in, and he had that same energy. He's like, yeah, I'm just here to observe this and see how this whole thing works, blah, blah, blah. And I sat back in my chair, and I want everyone who's listening to this to do that. Sit back in your chair for a second and go, you know, I'm just going to passively observe how this thing works. Well, the crazy thing is, this giant gets on stage and within about 20 minutes of his energy and talking, I not only lean forward and go, you know what? I'm going to be in this because he asked you to play out hundred percent. And I said, you know, what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to play hundred percent. I'm going to, I'm going to go on the journey as, as a passenger, which was a decision I actually consciously had to make. And I'm so glad that I did because I was no longer an observer, but a massive participant, uh, including bringing my little, you know, my spinning things. Um, but gave 100% and I got 100%. And I don't think I would have done that if I passively observed, like I think so many people do when they go to learn something new. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, to, for you to play full out like that, uh, you definitely got more out of it than you would have as just, just as an observer, of course. Yeah. So, and, I, and the people, the other thing I don't think I realized going into this particular event, probably like every event, is that while Tony is great, the people it attracts are even greater. And so I have many, many friends that I made in those few days from Courtney Campbell to Tony Rodriguez to Rocky Jacobs, and I can name all of them. And that was like you said five years ago. My teammates, um, we just decided that, and, and, and that was probably the best way to play that event is to really be there and be present and be in your seat and not on your phone and and, and just let everything else fade away and see how much you can get and grow. And I will tell you, I would say that that particular event still stands out as one of the highlights of my training in everything I've ever done. Couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. The, the one part that you bring to light, and I, I don't know, I think many people understand it and they know it, which is that male and female energy and how you said that now you understand to bring home the presence of the female energy. You get to be the girl and you get to be the woman, wear your high heels, that sort of thing. I couldn't agree more when my wife does the same and, and she has that moment where she's talking to me and she's sharing in a way that is very much in her femininity, it just, it, it melts me, you know? Like I, I can't do anything else but just listen and just be like, you know what, anything you want, babe, because um, the way that you're just addressing this right now makes me want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it is funny because I actually left that training 
with someone who was my roommate at the time. She wasn't going through the training, but she listened to me you know, like decompress every day. And I took a business meeting not long afterwards. And it's funny because she then came, she said, I watched you do that. Like I matched in, like the guy in the meeting that I was talking to was a very soft-spoken guy. Now, I don't know if you can tell, but I'm a little infomercially and I can, I have a lot of energy and I can talk and do it. And what I found myself doing was to step back and kind of match and mirror his energy and answer his questions, not talk too much and be on his level of energy because that's what would make him comfortable. And I closed the deal and it was pretty remarkable. And I thought, wow, I had a moment where I stepped outside of myself and looked at my behavior. Cause so often we will do what we've always done and then we will get what we've always gotten. Right. True. You go into a new relationship and you start bitching about your old relationship or bringing in your baggage. You wonder how come that didn't work. Well, because you're doing what you've always done. When you completely shift and understand that your behavior is a combination of learned or, you know, what works for you or a defense mechanism and trying doing something different, still being yourself, but going, maybe the person I'm talking to has different interests. And I, and I learned this too. I design a lot of buildings and, and projects and things. And this was shocking to me that we all don't see things the same way. And how do I know that? Because I'll say, I want to paint this wall blue. And I will come in and my painter and my architect will have painted it blue and I'm going to have a heart attack because they made it bright baby, <laughs> baby, baby blue. And I wanted dark, intense navy. Well, in yeah. my mind, that's blue. And when I didn't get what I wanted, I got really angry. And they're like, but you said blue and this is blue. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's not blue like the blue I want. And I thought, wow. Every time you say something, it is interpreted through a different set of ears. So, honey, you don't really look good in that outfit. What do you mean? I'm fat? Is that what you're saying? You don't like me because anymore? No, I didn't say that. I dropped a pebble and you heard a boulder. And so one of the biggest revelations for me is to stop because I'm always right. You know, you're always right too. Well, the truth is you're not always right. Even if you are right, your right is not somebody else's right. And that's been a huge life lesson for me to learn how other people think because you only have your own set of morals and beliefs and brain. But I will tell you, you're much more successful as a leader of a company, as a leader in a, you know, a, of whatever organization that you're in, or even as a partner to your, your, your spouse or girlfriend, boyfriend, if you start to go, wait, how do they hear things? And that comes down to what Tony taught. Again, I, I like the teachings um, values and your rules for values. I never thought about rules for values. Mm -hmm. That, Big life-changing thing. So how did that change my life? Again, I took these nuggets to heart, and I love that I get to talk about these because I'm a huge fan. But one of them was my kids. And I will say to every mother, I'm a working mom who travels the globe. It is hard to be in two places at once. How do you not always feel guilty? I'm always away from my kids, or I'm always – it doesn't matter. You're never going to get it right. So true. So change the rules because my kids are up there with my number two or three values. Um, you, how do you define being a good mom? Well, I used to define being a good mom as I was always there for homework and I put them to bed and I give them a kiss and I did birthdays and, 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 well, you can't do all those things. Here's the big nugget. And I think everyone needs to hear this. I'm going to save you $5,000 right now. Change and or. So I'm a good mom. If I talk to my kids on the phone or I show up for a birthday party or I cook them dinner or I go to bed with them or, or, or I'm like, oh, well, I did like two of those. I must be a good mom. And you feel better when you're a good mom. So out of that training, my daughter calls me one day on the road and she says, hey, mom, do you still love me? Oh, my God, break my heart. Mm. And I could see all the other moms on the phone. It was a pay phone. That's how long ago this was. And she said, my first response was, oh, baby, I love you. I'm going to be there. Don't worry. No. I said, hey, McKenna, did the sun come up today? She's like, yeah, yeah, mommy. Sun came up. I said, great. Every morning that the sun comes up and you can see it and feel it, just know that's how much I love you. <sighs> then the phone calls became, hey, mommy, the sun came up. I know you love me. I do love you, baby. As opposed to, I miss you and I want. Very different energy. Same two people, same feelings. But the outcome was so much more open and supportive and loving as opposed to always living in this sense of guilt. And all it came down to was one word. Hmm. Changing and to or. Mm-hmm beautiful oh i love how you, you you changed that for your daughter that 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 was beautiful for sure well i have changed a lot of this for my entire life um again the the male and female energy thing comes up every day 
my, I, I was seeing somebody at the time, he kept saying, you, you have to stop being in your male energy. And I'm like, oh, stop giving my training back to me. <laughs> um, because, it, you know, I can get aggressive. And what I kind of saw is that, no, you know, he did a thing on stage where the girls were dancing. And the ones who were overtly sexy or too much actually did not have the most power. No one ever points that out. Okay, one other thing I love. Okay, this is my other favorite Tonyism. Where, where, where do you put your money? Do you have a wallet in your back pocket? Yeah. I love when he had everybody, all the guys raise their wallets. Everyone had the same size wallet. I don't know how you guys do it. I have a suitcase that I cannot go to the grocery store without. <laughs> if I don't have my pocket, and all the girls raise these giant pocketbooks. Yeah. Well, why is that, that particular moment stuck with me so profoundly that there is a difference between men and women? A very profound difference, if just in how we carry our money. I cannot leave the house with a wallet. I would go nuts. I don't know. And I don't even know what's in my bag that I need so much, but I do. And we all women do. And we'll pay $1,200 for one of those stupid little things. I would never do that personally. <laughs> but we all carry these. And some of them are so large. And then I laugh when there's little bags inside of bags. Yeah. And when you notice this as a professional in this world, you go, wow, okay, we are different. And how does that help us? Not we're different. How does that hurt us? Mm -hmm. Got it. I'm curious, you, you've shared so many of the insights already as to what you've learned and what kind of uh, insights that Tony has given to you. What's one of the, what's one of the most meaningful or what's one of the biggest takeaways that you have gotten from Tony that you, you know, that you use to this day? Well, so I just gave you a, a laundry list of things that happen in class um, and the importance of having a mission statement. But I, the thing that it, the thing that class gave me was permission to do my own teachings. I teach a thing called the Forbes factor and it's five days long and it's 10 hours a day. And it's just me. I don't have other speakers teach this thing because while Tony is amazing, he only physically touches 10 to a hundred thousand people a year. And there's 7 billion people on the planet. Mm -hmm. And I think I was kind of nervous in the beginning of my, my personal development career that I, I didn't want to be compared to never when somebody say, Oh, you stole that or you No, there is room for all of us to do the work and transform lives. And I love what he does and it's okay to also do it. If that makes sense. Yes. Because, and by the way, that was only six days, four or five years ago. I believe that motivation is a lot like food that you need some every day. And that you can have more than one guru. So while you go to his training and you get what you get, you know, what do you listen to every morning and who else can you learn from? Because you want to be an entire round plate. And so I'll still turn on Tony when I want to get amped up for a, a speech or, a, or a, a business meeting because he's got a bravado to his voice. But my other mentor is Les Brown. Mm. And, you know, Les says, you got to be hungry. Mm. I'm like, you know, yeah, all right. I get it. Then I have a fitness product. I don't know if you tried my spin gym, but this little physical thing that I do. And that, like Tony's Rebounder, I take this physical fitness product. I've sold 2 million of these things into every meeting and every day I do this because I'm always thinking how quickly we could change our state. You don't have to be upset. You don't have to be loving. You don't have to be angry. You can change any of that at any moment. And I believe that people do not know that. They do not know that they can shift their attitude or energy. And I literally, I do trainings, I'm on webinars and Zooms, and I end every one of my calls by turning on music and outrageously dancing. And I did that long before I met him, but it gave me permission to understand that in a business setting, this is more than appropriate. Mm. Mm. That's beautiful. That's really beautiful. And you're absolutely right, because if you just followed Tony and you only did what Tony said, you would only have that world, and that would be it. Right. If if you started following other people, you start expanding your horizons as to other gurus, as you had just mentioned, of course, you're going to get a different diversity and a different background and a different kind of uh, understanding and perspective at the end of the day, because then you can bounce ideas off of each other. I, I think so. I think what also I loved about Tony is that. Very few people like him and I are in the health and wellness space as well as personal development. You know, he sells vitamins. He talks about going out for walks and meditating. He's been on a personal journey to find, you know, physical peace. You know, I do colonics. I've been doing that forever. Well, that was part of his training. I love it. Who does mm. that shit? I was so excited to see that that was part of what yes. he actually taught because he doesn't have to do that part. 
but if you don't have your health, you have nothing. So, and I love the fact that he teaches business. People get on me all the time. They're forms, well, are you in fitness or are you in business? I'm like, hello, I have a multi-million dollar fitness business. That means I'm in both. (laughs) And you have to, no, and you have to be, because people always get confused about me. I'm like, well, don't. That is how I made my money. And I run successful companies. I own a television studio. Uh, I teach business principles. I love that he teaches these things because if he didn't, one of the problems with personal development is, oh, yay, I'm inspired to do what? What is the actionable, measurable plan and thing that's going to allow you to physically live your life and, and earn money? And, and here's the thing, too. Am I materialistic? Absolutely. Man, I love taking vacations, having houses and cars. But here's the thing. You can never have enough money. You know why? Because once you learn how to generate it, give it away. Set up a foundation. Do other things. So you can never earn enough money. Got it? And that's what I think Bill Gates is showing us. Go make hundreds of billions of dollars because then he set up a system to give it away to other people because there's people out there who will never figure it out. And that's okay. Well, people who are hurting for whatever reason. And, you know, I, I'm sorry that these principles are not taught in school. My son and daughter are now sophomores in school. And yes, my son got an A on his trigonometry exam. Let me share something with you. I looked at the trigonometry book. I think I must have learned that somewhere. I think I liked graphs, but I, I'm almost 60. Never, ever used it. And if I haven't used it, with all the things I've done in health and fitness, baby, unless you're going to go design the next space shuttle, and which I don't think you're going to do at a high school anyway, why don't we learn how to do personal development in high school, how to balance your checkbook or your, you know, your P&Ls, how to, you know, what an entrepreneur means, how to invest. These things they never teach you, and they certainly don't teach you how to be a good human being. And if we did, we would not have as many shootings. What we do in school is we say, you're an A student. You are better than the B student. You're certainly better than the F student. Oh, wait, you didn't have any food or your dad's an alcoholic at home. We don't really care. Sit down, shut up, and start learning Spanish. I, you know what? You want to know why people are pissed off? Or, oh, no, like I, I didn't make the cheerleading team. I wanted to so bad. I can't do a jump split to save my life. And I was a little too heavy. And I was reminded of that when I tried out for this, that I didn't fit in, that I was an outcast. I'll tell you what. You want to know why people shoot up schools? Because schools are horrible places. They're designed to make you feel that you don't fit in. And guess what? If you don't fit in, you're liable to hurt the kids who do. So it comes down to a much better way of creating an education. And the last thing I'll talk about in terms of that is a fish is a really stupid creature because it can't climb a tree. Excuse me? Well, fishes aren't supposed to climb trees. Well, no, but in this particular classroom, we only climb trees. Well, then what am I, a stupid fish? But you put the monkey in the water and I'm going to swim circles around it. So I think we've, had a, we've set up a school system designed to hurt each other. And if I hear one more shooting or killing or whatever it is, and then we want to take away guns. Well, okay, let's put a Band-Aid on cancer or a Band-Aid on a broken leg, which is what we keep trying to do by stodgy old men who are, in, who are like grandfathered into the Senate. And I'm a little disheartened with our country and our mentality. And I think if more people went to a personal development type class and understood a much deeper sense of humanity, we would have a better place to live. I mean, I couldn't agree more, uh, Forbes. I couldn't agree more. I mean, this is my mission. This is where I want to go to and the direction I'm heading in, which is to help change the, the youth. When we were at Date with Destiny, that's, that's where it all started for me. Because we, uh, in, the, in the group meetings or one of the early group meetings before, before the actually event started, we would we'd get into our team, team 40 meeting. And I remember Joe sharing about the the youth course that uh, Tony has. And I was just blown away. I was like, what are you telling me? 13 to 17 year olds are learning this, what we're learning right now? Like, this is unreal. This is unbelievable. You know, so me and Sharon instantly started donating right away. And then about two years ago, we're looking at our credit card statement. We realize on the credit card statement, hey, what's this, uh, what's this amount that's coming out here? And we realize, oh, yes, that's for the foundation. Of course, we believe in this. We want to continue to do this. But, hey, why are we not doing more? Why are we just donating money, yeah. right? So at that moment, I realized I got I to gotta think about what else can I do? Because this speaks to me too much to just continue to just be an afterthought. So I went and attended. Uh, Tony's uh, Global Youth Leadership Summit last year. Um, you did. Yes, I did. I'm going again this year. And my purpose and goal is to enhance and share and 
educate the youth about what this is all about because you're absolutely right. We're missing this. We're absolutely missing this. Now, does that mean that I integrate it into schools? Maybe, possibly. We're already doing this in Las Vegas right now. I have a business there. I have a property management business and I got introduced to it from a realtor uh, connection of mine. But we're mentors. We're doing mentoring mentorships in schools, 90 minutes per class. And we're just trying to share uh, as much of this personal development space as we can. Finance, arts, things that are being removed out of school, basically. And they're, they're mm-hmm. taking right out. So um, I, couldn't, I couldn't agree with you anymore. Uh, it's, it's something that will be uh, something that I do until I take my last breath. Um, and, and I'm building a curriculum for this specific thing so that we can start to do day courses, weekend courses, week courses, summer courses, you name it. Um, it's something that is absolutely needed and has to happen within our society. Nice. Well, I love you for doing that. That's actually very profound. And I'm glad you, because I've got two kids that I really want to have go through the program as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. And the, the beautiful part is this mentorship um, organization that I'm part of. I'm a senior um, advisor for them because, of course, uh, they, they've asked me to through, you know, taking a lot of the Tony stuff. I'm becoming a senior leader with Tony's uh, community now. Um, but just being able to share and help these mentors, because of course, you know, really, it's kind of like the blind leading the blind. A lot of these mentors, they're like 20 something, maybe 30, whatever it is. You know, there's, they don't know that much either at the end of the day. So we're just trying to give them the tools and the mm-hmm. techniques that says, hey, this is what we need to do to connect with them. You got to build the rapport first, find the leverage, you know, how do we break their pattern, use their energy, state change, all these sorts of things, so that at least we don't have the blind leading the blind. Yeah. Good, I love it. Beautiful. Well, I'm glad that you're doing a show like this too, which helps you know, reconnect to class. Um, and it'd be great for us to stay connected on whatever level. Please. Uh, because it sounds like we're on a similar mission. So yay. Yay. Yes, yay, for sure. So hey, tell me, Forbes, what, what is it for you now? What's your kind of North Star? That's mine, right? That's what I, I'm going to be doing. And I will not stop until I continue to influence as many youth as I can. Because in my opinion, that is the future. So what's it for you, Forbes? What, what's, what drives you? What keeps moving you forward every single day? Well, one, I've got two amazing 16-year-olds who um, are, have watched, who have watched by example. Amy, Amy, Amy. Hang on one quick second. No problem. Just very loud on here. So you would never know where my, 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 my beautiful Amy is putting away silverware. That's <laughs> okay. all I use the client. <laughs> hey, um, so... So a couple of things that I'm up to. Um, I teach a lot. I'm on radio and television. I still do that. I'm looking on a, a, doing a national television show, kind of reality type talk show right. to get this message forward. Uh, but the learning by example. So my 16 year old is already making money. She just got a shout out from Russell Brunson in front of 35,000 people. She builds funnels and she learned marketing. Where did she learn that from? Well, her mother. You know, she used to sit in the backstage of home shopping and watch me do what I do. And she's been on stage with me and she's got a book coming out called Every Company Needs a Kid. So I am absolutely leading by example, and she's becoming well-known in this a little bit of a prodigy when it comes to marketing. Wow. And I love hanging I love, you know, listening to her ideas and really cro- being cross-generational. And then I'm watching my, my son, who is a football player. He's a quarterback on the high school team, you know, and what's going to be next for them. Um, I teach. I do a thing called Forbes Factor Live which I would love to have you come as a guest. I mean, we do it in my television studio and it's breakthrough transformational, very small groups. You know, maximum is 40 people in a room because I need to know your name. I need to look at you. And I have this very intuitive way of getting people through things that are stuck. And remember I said, you don't want just one mentor. You really need to just divert, you know, make sure that your closet is really cleaned out of old stuff in it. Um, I also have my fitness product. I now, I have a way that everybody can get one level fitter. And I'm passionate about this because my mom was 260 pounds my whole life. When I was a teenager, I bought her a year-long membership at the Bally's Health Club. And she wouldn't go in. I got her to the door and she stood there in her muumuu and said, I'm not going in. I'm like, yes, you are. I just paid a whole lot of money. And she said, no, no, I thought I could, but I can't. And what did that mean? It meant that somebody who is older or physically not, you know, doesn't want to be intimidated by the machines and by the fit bodies there. And so she never went in. And I said, you know what? I'm going to work on making sure that people who are homebound on whatever level or wherever they are could get fit. And I created, I don't know if you've seen my portable handheld fitness product, 
but you do it in seminar. You literally do it while you're seated down in a room. You do it while you're stuck in front of your computer and you do one minute and it will change your state. You do five minutes, it'll change your body. You do it three times a day, it'll change your entire life. Mm. And I'm wildly committed. It's very affordable. But what we're doing now is we're training people because there's a couple of things that hold people back. Number one, the ability to make money, right? Yes. So I tell people, this is, this is a $40 product, okay? You know how I make money? I go to the sauna and I take a spin gym with me. And why do I do that? Well, because you're sitting in a sauna for 15, 20 minutes. I think saunas are a staple of life anyway. But everybody in there has got nothing much to do or they're naked or they're just kind of hanging out, right? Yeah. And I will get people to physically do this little spin gym with me. Well, two things happen. One, they're all like, wow, this is so cool. Where do I get it? Great. You know what? Come out with me to my car and I've got one in the car. Mm. I literally always have lunch money in my pocket. Well, if I could, if, you know, if most people could make an extra $50 a day or a week, their entire life, it gets them out of debt is what I discovered. True. So I teach people how to just do this with other people. Don't sell it. Just share it. Whatever you're mm. doing, where you're sitting at Starbucks because mm. I, I sit on an airplane. You know, I will sell. You know, probably not supposed to sell things on an airplane, but I do. <laughs> um, but I'm using it. I'm standing in the galley in the back. And the reaction is always, oh, my God, this is amazing. Right. I didn't invent this, by the way. This is a 2,000-year-old Chinese toy. Right. But it gets your blood going, and it's something so different. So watch for this. In the next couple of years, you'll see nobody knew what Zumba was 15 years ago. And by the way, you cannot Zumba on a plane. You cannot Zumba at your desk. You cannot Zumba in your bedroom. You know. And so I just want to give an inch more of fitness to people. Mm. Because the other thing, one, about making money is, two, if go to the doctor. You know, they're going to ask you the same questions. I didn't realize it was a question on a health application. Do you smoke? Why mm -hmm. does the doctor care if you smoke? Because it's a health risk, like a massive health risk. Mm -hmm. And so when you see people smoking everywhere, you're like, did they not read the label? Not does. Will cause cancer. What year do you want to get cancer? Sign up right now. No, no. Tell me, do you want cancer this year or in four years? Mm -hmm. Because you will get cancer. Mm -hmm. So I get to be a voice of sanity. If I told you that you could get fit doing a minute a day, you can't say no to me. Yeah. Stop saying no to your life. Just do this. Give me your 40 bucks. Don't have Starbucks this week. Miss that movie. And give me a minute a day every day. And we actually have a free challenge online on, uh, on Facebook. We're not even charging for this. Just do it. Mm. Let's just see the kind of difference we can make in people's lives. Stop saying obesity is a disease. Mm -hmm. Stop putting your hand in your mouth full of food. But so just like you're doing with youth, I have a very powerful television presence mm -hmm. and I'm going to keep doing that. And Facebook has been, or Instagram has been an amazing outlet for someone like me who loves to do video, mm -hmm. who loves to talk and teach and preach. And we should all take our messages to that platform. So that's what I'm up to. That's beautiful. And guys, um, on the show notes, I'm going to be adding all this here so that anybody who is interested, wants to know more, how to get connected to Forbes, this will all be in the show notes and we're going to get all the information out so that everybody can have it and, and is, has access to it and, and can connect to Forbes, of course, yourself, if, if they're interested and in, in wanting to know more. Do you know what's so fun? So I'm sitting here staring at my, my Facebook while I'm talking to you. Mm. And under Forbes Roddy's 30-Day Spin Gym Fitness Challenge, again, it's free. I see a guy named John Campbell who I've never met yesterday. John is wearing kind of a, a baseball cat. He looks about late 50s. He's got a big belly on him. And he's standing there in the gym. And on the left side is my Spin Gym and a coffee cup. And he says, my workout station corner of the gym. He's like, and, and a coffee, I know. But he's doing this product. I am now, because of Facebook, seeing how much we can affect people with something small and simple and affordable. And again, he's not my demographic, but he is kind of like toilet paper. I think anybody, <laughs> anybody who needs to move, right? So I'm also going to give you another free gift because I think this is a powerful gift. Okay. Um, if you're older than 16, apparently you are old. Did you know that? Cause my daughter will tell you that. Uh, she will. And things change very fast, right? True. So if you on your phone, go to this thing called ForbesRiley360.com, okay? It's an online, it's an on your phone, way to connect everything you do when you meet somebody in person. And I've been a fan of creating some, I've created two of these now. It's either that one or ForbesRiley.biz. You can decide which one you like. Okay. Um, dot biz is 100% free. You literally just sign up and get your online business card. Why is this important? I'll tell you why. Because I'm not going to tell you 
my Instagram address, my Facebook address, my LinkedIn address, my website. Ad- you, you won't even remember this conversation. You're only going to remember how I made you feel. You're going to feel inspired with going, what's your name? Oh, yeah, it was Forbes like the magazine. Mm-hmm. But what if I said just go to Forbes Riley 360? And when you're there, you can get to, you can text me. You can get to all my videos. You can get to my Instagram and my Facebook. You can find everything that you want on your phone in this one tiny little platform. Mm. And everybody can have one of these. Beautiful. That's beautiful. That's so simple. That's so easy. That's, that's, that's wonderful. Because, you know why? I cannot stand people suffering. I literally see people stand up there and they go, my Instagram is da 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 underscore blah blah blah. I'm like, um, you lost me to underscore. Right. I can't remember my phone number in my own house nowadays. Yeah. Because I never call it. Fair. And you're gonna no, but I do want to stay in touch with you. I want to reach out and and so for anybody who's listening to this, we have a very loving community of people who just want to be fit, happy, and healthy. We don't ask for a whole lot of money in anything. I just you know that that I didn't grow up with any money. So I think that's the thing most people go to. Oh, I can't afford it. You know what people, people say that to me all the time. And I'm like, start saying I can't afford not to. Mm. I didn't even have, I didn't, I, sometimes I don't even give a price. And the first reaction is I can't afford to do that. Yep. How do you know? Mm-hmm. How do you know? So let's, and that's what I did, by the way, when I signed up for Tony's, one of his trainings and it's expensive. I actually said exactly what I teach. I put my credit card down and I said, you know, there's more where this came from. Mm-hmm. I said, I have not taken his trainings because it was expensive. And I said, so what am I missing out on? And I would have missed out on this conversation had I not done that particular decision many years ago. True. That's very true. That's very true. Well, I appreciate uh, this information. There's, you know, when people share that you are like the female version of Tony Robbins, I can see why. This is very clear to me, like so many translatable, relatable, I mean, born in the same year. This, this is very much uh, understandable why people would make that translation. And I mean, to the point where Jarek thought that <laughs> watching you. Well he, he, well, he is now a friend. We both live in St. Petersburg. And I am, and I'm saying this very public, I am a raging fan of Tony Robbins. I give that man so much credit for leading the way in personal development, for continuing to stay active. I just saw his new course that he's doing with Russell Brunson and Dean Graciosi. Yes. Also two very good friends of mine. Um, huge fan. Of, by the way, my daughter was on Russell's podcast. Russell at the last 10X gave a shout out to my daughter for building funnels in front of 35,000 people. Amazing. Um, I think he is just an absolute miracle whose time has come. He's the, the best energy. Dean in the real estate and and, I, and when you watch these guys again, I just have to qualify. I'm only watching their guys. There's all there's a lot of men in that space and very very few women. That's true. Just putting it out there, um, but I'm a fan because I think he always shows up with the intention to help others. It is so clear. He works so hard, um, and that was the the biggest takeaway I got from Date with Destiny is that man at his age is on stage for 10, 12 hours a day doing what he does. And oh my God, how do you, you know, what does it take to be that for a room of 10,000 people? And it takes everything that he teaches and preaches. And, uh, and like I said, you know what, you know what would be nice to come out of this particular conversation? Mm. I'd love to sit down and have dinner with him. And I never have done that. Mm. So let's make that happen. Let's make that happen. Let's, let's connect and let's, let's try to make that happen for sure. I will, I will do everything in my power to be able to connect and, and put it out in the world there for you. Thank you. And I appreciate that because like I said, I admire him and have, I've, I've led a better life because he was in, in the world. Yeah. Myself included. I couldn't agree more. All right, you big hug. And uh, so do you live in Vegas? I live in Vancouver, but I have oh. my business in, in Las Vegas as well. Um, but yeah, and you are in St. Petersburg, so in Florida. Yes, and I will tell you, Vancouver is one of my all-time favorite places. Oh, um, wonderful. I have, I have one of my favorite stories yes. of, and, and, uh, about not asking permission and going in the back door happened in Vancouver. If we've got you know, another 30 seconds, I'll talk about Yeah, fast. let's do it. I love, and I love so much so. And I was working on this concept of how to be outrageous, right? Because I'm basically shy, and I grew up very shy. So I go up to Vancouver to audition for the X-Files. 
I do my audition. I don't believe it's a very good audition. And I walk out of the cast director's office. And if I go to the left, that's my car and I'm going to go home. If I go to the right, that's the set because right. they shoot back there. And I said to myself, really, make a right. And I did. Now I'm nervous and I've got that pit in my stomach. And I walk out and I'm going, hmm. And I find a door and I walk into this studio and there's not a lot of people there. And I walk to the back where the craft service is because I know a little bit yes. about being on a set. And there's John O'Hurley from he, Peterman mm-hmm. from Seinfeld. Now, here's the funny thing. Because I, I teach the thing now called the $101,000 handshake. I said, how do I know, John? How do I know, John? You never want to walk up and go, hey, I'm a fan. I said, John O'Hurley. Oh, my gosh. We were at a Hollywood uh, charity function a couple of weeks ago. Well, the truth is we were there, but I was too nervous to speak to him. I just saw him, and I knew he was there. And he's like, oh, my God. Well, nice to see you. What are you doing up here? And I'm like, oh, that's yeah. cool, right? I said, well, I'm you know, auditioning for something, and the director said I should come in and take a look around. And why don't you come in? I'm shooting a scene with David Duchovny and Chris Carter. It was the Halloween special, and it was like literally just the three of them on set. The next thing I know, I'm the fourth person sitting with David Duchovny, John O'Hurley, and Chris Carter in this tiny little area they're shooting this scene in. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, oh, my God. Now I'm a huge fan of Chris Carter's, right? So I noticed it was kind of cold in the studio, and I used to be a massage therapist. I think I said that. And I said, hey, Chris, I'm a friend of John Hurley's. Look how much I already assumed, right? I never, I made myself believe that I should be there. And I said, hey, can I just kind of work on your hand for a second? So I gave him a little massage on his hand. He's like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And David Duchovny says, what am I, chopped liver? And I'm like, did David Duchovny just ask me to, like, do a he massage did. on him? Okay. So the next thing you know, we're all sitting waiting for the scene to change. And I'm, like, now I'm giving him, like, a back rub. And Taylor his wife, walks in. She's like, what are you doing to my husband? I'm like, oh, I'm just massaging. We start talking. Next thing I know, she invites me. She was doing a sitcom at the time. I end up in her dressing room later in Hollywood. All of this came out of me not being the me, not doing what I would always have done. I normally would have just gone home and said, wow, that was so cool. I just saw those people. I didn't. I chanced the idea that I was going to get kicked out mm-hmm. on my ass. And I said, what's the mm-hmm. worst that could happen? Let's just go enjoy this. And all I did was like serve and serve and serve and not only did Chris Carter end up being one of my mentors and doing some things for me, but I created all these relationships. So my final advice is make a right turn. Think about Forbes Riley in your head next time you're too nervous to do something and just beautiful. go for it. That is absolutely beautiful. I love that. I love that. Absolutely beautiful. We have to... Yeah. I've never told that story, <laughs> by the way. Well, X-Files has been here for years. Was here for, I think, a decade, if I remember correctly. But um, yeah, it was... It, that that is that is an amazing story. Thank you for sharing. Oh, you're welcome. It made me smile to do that. All right, you. Well, again, I cannot wait to see whether it's in Vegas or Vancouver or at the next Boca Raton, you know, event. Yes. Keep me posted. I will. I will. We will got to stay connected because I, I need to know more about what's going on with you, and you got to know more what's going on with my youth courses. Yes, I'm actually having two 16 year olds, so please stay in touch. Sounds good. Thank you so much, Forbes. All right, you. Okay. Oh, you're very, very welcome. Bye. Bye-bye.